Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Big Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Mielogunde. On this episode, I'll be talking about the evolution of the role of the Chief Information Officer based on several internal and external factors such as employee migration, wage inflation, changing government regulations, cyber attacks, and so on. A general assumption for this episode is that the Chief Information Security Officer reports to the Chief Information Officer, and then the Chief Information Officer reports to the Chief Financial Officer, but that may not be the case in every organization. Thanks for your time. Let's get to it. So on Monday, June 14, 2021, the Wall Street Journal published an article by journalist Angus Lutin that showed how top engineers at big-name Silicon Valley companies in the U.S. are moving to startups that focus specifically on fine-tuning the work arrangements and its associated technologies that have popped up during the pandemic. The article stated that executives at some of the world's largest technology firms are leaving prime jobs to join startups that build communications and collaboration tools, a market that is expected to skyrocket as more businesses settle into hybrid work arrangements. In May, Raymond Endres, Facebook's former top engineer for its messenger app, left the company to oversee technology at Airtable, which makes cloud-based spreadsheet collaboration software. Mr. Endress's initial focus was to prepare the San Francisco-based startup to meet an expected surge in enterprise demand, which meant having to ramp up investment in new product features and infrastructure while tripling the size of his new engineering team to approximately 300 workers. While at Facebook, he grew Facebook Messenger's engineering team to more than 1,000 workers from roughly 30 when he joined back in 2011. Before joining Facebook, he had been a software developer and software architect at Microsoft since the late 1990s. According to Mr. Andres, the need to improve the way workers collaborate, whether in the same office or around the world, predates the COVID pandemic. He said, we are all still trying to figure out how the remote office works, and the pandemic has definitely accelerated that process. Airtable said it has added about 13,000 new paid customers to its platform. Sarah Cannon, who is a partner at Index Ventures, said she knows of at least a dozen recent communication and collaboration startups that were founded or led by top talents who formerly worked at big tech firms. She said that many high-level software developers and engineers have been building these kind of apps inside large companies for years, and the pandemic's impact on conventional workplaces is now prompting them to strike out on their own. On the funding side, Ms. Cannon said investors have grown less skeptical of productivity, communications, and collaboration tools, which many companies have been reluctant to adopt at scale in the past. Overall spending in the global collaboration and enterprise software market is forecast to reach $4.5 billion this year, which is a 17.1% increase from 2020, according to the latest forecast by IT research and consulting firm Gartner. It expects to see double-digit gains into 2022. According to Gartner, as the pandemic subsides, an estimated 60% of global companies are developing a permanent hybrid workplace model, where most employees come into the office no more than three days a week. Gartner estimates that more than 1.1 billion workers around the world worked remotely last year, up from 350 million in 2019. Ashish Agarwal, Um, A former director of software development at Amazon co-founded Productive, a software startup back in 2018. 
He said the decision to leave Amazon when he did felt like a natural evolution for him. He said the move offered him a chance to channel his skills and experience into building a product that aims to solve a real-world problem. His new company makes a tool that helps that has helped enterprise IT chiefs track the use of business apps by remote workers. So after the break, I'll be talking about how many employers began redoubling their efforts to recruit and retain skilled IT workers who were already in short supply even before the COVID pandemic began. Stay with us. Welcome back. To follow up on the mass exodus of tech workers from big name companies in search of new jobs, a wide array of remote work options, better chances for promotions, and bigger paychecks, another article from the Wall Street Journal on Friday, June 18, 2021, highlighted how many employers began redoubling their efforts to recruit and retain skilled IT workers who were already in short supply even before the pandemic began. Simultaneously, the demand for specialist tech workers, such as those with expertise in engineering, cloud computing, data analytics, and cybersecurity, increased exponentially as as companies retooled post-pandemic operations with digital technology. Recruiters and analysts both agree that IT job seekers are now eyeing an enticing seller's market as a result of the chronically low supply of tech talent. In a survey conducted by Robert Half, a global staffing company, between March and April, most of the responders said they were after a higher salary or that their current job offered few opportunities for advancement. The survey was conducted in more than two dozen major U.S. cities. Most employers saw unusually low turnover in the past year, and the survey results suggested that IT workers who likely held off on making a move during the pandemic are now ready to leave. Employees in other fields are also shopping around for new jobs, biding their time as there are now more job openings in the U.S. and fewer people in the labor force than before the pandemic began in March 2020. In May of this year, U.S. employers increased payrolls by 559,000 jobs, up from 278,000 in April, but down from 785,000 in March. In May, employers posted more than 365,000 job openings for IT workers, which is the highest monthly total since September of 2019. And that data is according to IT trade group CompTIA. The demand was highest for software and application developers, IT support specialists, systems engineers and architects, IT project managers, and systems analysts. However, Employers have not been able to fill these positions in recent months, which is a sign that many qualified workers are holding out for other opportunities. Workers seeking new career advancement opportunities is a healthy sign of a dynamic labor market, and those moving into new positions create opportunities for others looking to break into the field. On the other hand, however, the high turnover rates may also reveal cracks in workplace practices and even corporate cultures. For instance, fewer remote work options can be a deal-breaker in the post-COVID labor market. Corrado Azarita, the global CIO at Kraft Heinz Company, said luring and retaining IT talent can no longer be limited by geography. He said they are designing employee experiences that allow for hybrid, in-person, or remote work options. David Vidoni, the Vice President of IT at Pega Systems Incorporated, said attracting and retaining workers with remote work options means investing in advanced communication and collaboration tools. He said the company had staff working across the the country and overseas during the pandemic. 
and they have beefed up their remote work toolkits with motion sensing video cameras and virtual whiteboard solutions. Diane Lai, the executive VP and CIO of CAD Technology at Capital One, said that to develop a bench of homegrown software engineers, Capital One offers internal training and reskilling programs, along with a six-month intensive training program in computer coding for college graduates who don't have computer science degrees. She said that more than 300 full-time tech workers at Capital One have gone through the computer coding training program, which currently has 100 participants. So after the break, I'll be talking about how corporate technology chiefs say they are keeping an eye on rising consumer prices and its potential impact on employee hiring and retention in the competitive markets for IT talent. Stay with us. Welcome back. As I've described earlier, the efforts to retool post-pandemic operations with digital technology has made the market for tech talent even more competitive. At the same time, the post-pandemic economic rebound is contributing to consumer price increases. Some economic analysts expect a new round of wage inflation as both job candidates and existing employees look for higher pay to keep pace with higher prices. Mani Sundaram, the CIO of Akamai Technologies, said the company may have to recalibrate its IT budget as it may be forced to spend more on hiring. He said people are being asked to spend more to maintain their standard of living and incidentally, the company is looking for talent to help boost cybersecurity and support its continuing cloud migration, among other key projects. Bhaskar Ramachandran, the CIO at PPG Industries, said if salary demands increase, he may shift more of his IT budget to hiring and recruiting. The company said it is on a hunt for cloud technology and cybersecurity experts as it works on several projects, including a move to a single enterprise resource planning system to run core business functions. He added that there are certain types of talent that are going to cost even more than others and the current environment of consumer price increases and work-from-home flexibility could lead to wage inflation and therefore impact recruiting and hiring. On the other hand, some business leaders don't view the situation as particularly dire. John Bosco, the SVP and CIO at Northwell Health, which operates more than 23 hospitals and 830 outpatient centers, said wage inflation is not affecting the positions that Northwell is trying to fill. The healthcare provider has positions available in many IT areas, including cybersecurity and data analytics, but Mr. Bosco declined to specify the actual number of open positions. Todd Thibodeau, the president and CEO of IT trade group Comtia, said that recent year-over-year IT salary increases have been relatively tame, at around 4 or 5%. The June unemployment rate for US IT workers was 2.2%, down from 2.4% in May. By comparison, the overall US unemployment rate in June was 5.9%, up from 5.8% in May. If consumer pricing trend hold, however, 2021 will be the first year in nearly a decade that increases in IT operational spending, which include IT personnel costs, did not keep pace with inflation, according to IT management service provider Computer Economics, a service of Avocent Research. Frank Scavo, the president of Avocent Research, said that those budget increases that looked good at the beginning of the year may very well be inadequate by the end of the year. 
Andrew Bartels, a VP and principal analyst at Forrester Research, said that if consumer price increases to bring about wage inflation, CIOs have three options. The first is to slow down hiring and reallocate the funds for new staff to salaries for existing staff. The second is to rebalance the budget and allocate more funds for payroll and less for other spending. And the third is to request an IT budget increase to pay higher salaries. Mr. Bartels said a smart CIO will always be looking ahead to contingencies and certainly in a world where there is a lot of talk about inflation, that is worth thinking about. After the break, I'll be talking about how the pandemic also increased the role of CIOs from back office technical strategists to front office decision makers. Stay with us. Welcome back. In addition to keeping an eye on wage inflation, the pandemic has also increased the role of CIOs from back office technical strategists to front office decision makers as companies' operations are increasingly being shaped by technology. A Wall Street Journal article published by Angus Lothen on Monday, September 20, 2021, revealed that CIOs and other corporate technology leaders have found themselves in greater positions of leadership over the past year taking a critical role in facilitating the shift to remote work, reconfiguring supply chains, speeding up automation of factories, and moving stores and restaurants online. CIOs also had the opportunity to play a role in strengthening the security and resilience of their companies, which was tested this year as the shift to remote work and collaboration tools opened new vulnerabilities for cyber threat actors. Rob Alexander, the CIO of Capital One, said the IT industry has seen years' worth of adoption jammed into just months. He said it is critical for today's technology leaders to be well-rounded business leaders with deep expertise across multiple disciplines and a growth mindset. According to data provided by recruiting firm Robert Half, CIOs with above-average above skills and experience are expected to draw average annual salaries of $260,000 250 dollars in 2022 which is up 2.7% from 2021 after just rising 0.5% this year from 2020 the firm said that other enterprise technology executives are also seeing similar gains on the other hand the salaries for chief financial officers who CIOs often report to are expected to rise just 0.3% next year to 242,000 dollars Ryan Sutton, a district president at Robert House Technology Division, said that the pandemic forced enterprise tech leaders to tackle unexpected challenges with an expanded IT toolkit. He said tech initiatives led by CIOs that were planned as a slow transition over the next few years, such as moving the software systems for accounting, sales, marketing, and other business units into the cloud, shifted into the fast lane and fell under the purview of a CIO, which then made them more valuable. Marcus Voss, the CIO and COO at DHL Supply Chain, a unit of the global logistics giant Deutsche Post AG, said that when the pandemic struck, he was tasked with running global operations on top of overseeing day-to-day -day information technology. He said that the added responsibilities came amid surging demand for parcel deliveries, and it included oversight of roughly 2,200 warehouses and other facilities spread around the world. According to IT research and consulting firm Gartner, in addition to pay, corporate budgets that are overseen by CIOs are on the rise and worldwide enterprise IT spending is expected to hit $4.2 trillion by the end of the year, which is up 8.6% from 2020. 
According to Rob Alexander, the CIO of Capital One, the company is investing heavily on a range of digital capabilities, building on past spending on cloud services, software, and talent, with plans this year to hire additional 3,000 software, data, and machine learning engineers, cybersecurity experts, and other tech workers, all in a bid to keep pace with the surge in online banking. Scott Spradley, the EVP and CTO at Tyson Foods, said the pandemic pushed the meatpacking giant to sharpen its focus on data-based insight and decision-making systems, which includes ramping up its use of data to better predict sudden demand changes while taking a more aggressive approach to deploying automation and robotics. Tyson and other large meatpacking companies were hit especially hard by the pandemic, with outbreaks among workers leading to temporary plant shutdowns. Furthermore, more CIOs are getting named to corporate boards and adding VP, SVP, or EVP to their titles. Chuck Gray, a partner and head of U.S. technology officer's practice at Egon Zender, a management consulting firm, said that technology comes up in board discussions all the time, and the pandemic accelerated that even further, which therefore gave CIOs much more exposure to the board. Nancy Anderson, the CIO of General Electric, said the company had to navigate the impact of the coronavirus as it introduced a new layer of complexity, citing both internal and external challenges in enabling workers to get day-to-day tasks done, while finding new ways to deliver products and services to customers. She said CIOs should seize the opportunity to identify even more areas where technology can be put to use. Jennifer Hatsock, the CIO of energy firm Baker Hughes, said even before COVID, enterprise IT chiefs were getting a bigger seat at the executive leadership table. She said her own role expanded during the pandemic from a focus on internal technology integrations to providing digital capabilities to support remote and hybrid work models. After the break, I'll be talking about the changing government regulations and the exponential increases in cyber attacks and how they are forcing an increase in collaborations among CIOs and other senior executive leaders. Stay with us. Welcome back. On this um, last segment, I'll be talking about how the changing government regulations and the exponential increases in cyber attacks are forcing increased collaborations among CIOs and other senior executive leaders. So Heather Hadkins, a senior director of information security at Google, said that the rapid pace of cyber attacks and shifting government rules around how companies must respond to hacks and attacks mean that CIOs must now work with other executives such as the chief risk officer and the chief information security officer in order to effectively respond and also build a lasting and resilient technology architecture. She made those comments at the Wall Street Journal CIO Network Summit, which was held online on Tuesday, September 21, 2021. At Google, she said that the CIO considers the company's CISOs and security staff as subject matter experts, and all of them work together to fulfill their responsibilities for delivering technology to the business. She added that having collaborative partnerships and relationships, including with risk officers, allows CIOs to draw on that expertise to inform technology decisions. She said that if it were an exact science, then we would all know how every company should do it, adding that there is also an element of culture in there, as well as what the business objectives are and what the business leaders are trying to drive in terms of their businesses, and all those things have to work together in lockstep with one another. Ms. Atkins also said that Google realized the benefits of this process firsthand 
after a large-scale cyber attack back in 2009 known as Operation Aurora, in which Chinese threat actors targeted several companies, including Google, to steal user information and intellectual property. The resulting collaboration among security staff, the CIO, and others after the cyber attack gave birth to Google's Beyond Corp, an early form of zero-trust architecture in which threat actors are assumed to have already broken in and security's job is to stop them from moving around within the network. Ms. Atkins added that the need to have such relationships in place also comes as the frequency and speed of cyber attacks is increasing, even if the, even if the nature of cyber threat is broadly similar to previous years. CIOs must also contend with increased government scrutiny of cybersecurity preparedness after a series of ransomware attacks on oil pipelines, food suppliers, and other critical infrastructure operators earlier this year. The Biden administration has implemented sweeping zero-trust cybersecurity requirements for federal agencies and companies that supply the government via an executive order back in May and is linking guidance from several separate agencies together. For instance, on Tuesday, September 21, the Treasury Department issued an updated sanctions guidance that said companies that report cyber incidents quickly would have that taken into consideration in any future enforcement actions. So to wrap up, the role of the CIO, the Chief Information Officer, has changed significantly since the start of the pandemic, partly due to internal factors such as employee migration and also partly due to external factors such as wage inflation, changing government regulations and targeted cyber attacks. It is important that business leaders stay aware of these dynamics as they invariably serve as unconventional sources of cyber threat intelligence. So one reason for this assessment is because there have been insider threat cases that started because of business leaders not paying attention to their employees' concerns, which then led to threat actors taking advantage of those disgruntled feelings. So a deep dive into the several elements of insider threat will probably come in a later episode. So that's all I have for this episode of The Big Picture. The production, editing, fact-checking, audio engineering, and graphic design were done by yours truly, Bidemiologunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity topics, news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can all learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you follow, download, or subscribe to the Bid Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share the show with anyone you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or suggestions, please send an email to bidemi at thebidpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at bidpicture, as well as on the Clubhouse app at bid. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.